So Kurt asked me to introduce uh, Josh Morris, who's going to be speaking to us this morning. And I am so, so excited about this. Um, Josh and Justine came to Lake Sam a long time ago, and Kurt hired them to be youth pastors. Um, and I think it, shortly after they started working here, most people would say, well, yeah, Justine's the youth pastor, and Josh is, I'm not sure what Josh is. <laughs> He's kind of invisible. Uh, and, in fact, I, I actually felt a little sorry for him. Uh, so I decided, well, I'm going to get to know him and, and, you know, let him know that, like, someone actually cares about him and notices him. So I took him out hiking, uh, which is what I do for all the people that I like. So if you've gone hiking with me or if you've ever gotten an invitation, that's because I like you. Um, <laughs> well, you know. And I found out that actually Josh was not invisible. He is quietly competent. He is like the plumbing and the wiring in a building that makes it habitable. And if it works great, quietly, in the backgrounds, you don't notice it. It's just there, making your life better. And I, as I watched him, I realized, oh, Justine can only be who she is because Josh is who he is, and he is the equal part of that team. He's just the quiet part of the team. And I watched him uh, work with the youth group for a decade. He would regularly uh, teach and, and preach to the youth, and he mentored uh, and, and, and grew an entire generation of kids. And I just stand in awe of his... Uh, his integrity, uh, his willingness to, to do whatever needs to be done. Uh, he's just an amazing guy. And, you know, as uh, the, God took them in a, in a different direction a few years ago, so they're no longer on staff. But even today, I still hear conversations of people standing around some piece of equipment going, man, this thing just doesn't work. Well, I don't know. How do you, how do you fix it? Well, I don't know how do you fix it. I know what I'll do. We'll call Josh. And he'll come fix it. So please uh, give your attention to Josh, and this is going to be a fantastic experience this morning. Thank you, Eric. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for braving the snow, the elements. I guess we could go out and have a little Winter Olympics out there, right? It'd be kind of fun. Do some sledding. Some skis? It'd be a little bit shallow for skis, wouldn't it? I don't know. Anyway, so yes, as Eric says, I, hmm, I, I'm a self-proclaimed introvert, strong, silent type, non-verbal processor. I'm one of the half that didn't raise their hand as a verbal processor last week. Um, so you might wonder why I'm actually up here using verbal processing to speak something to you. Well, when Kurt asked me to speak last week, or asked me to speak this week, um, I felt like I had to say yes. Not because of Kurt telling me I had to say yes, but I just felt like there was, there was something in my heart that God had been doing and in my heart that I wanted to share with you. And I think there's two cool things um, about me being up here is, well, two, th two cool things for you about me being up here is uh, uh, one is most of the time that people that stand up here are verbal, verbal processors. So you get their point of view. You get their 
experience base. I have a totally different experience base than a verbal processor that stands up here. And so you get to hear something from God that's from a totally different standpoint. So especially for you nonverbal processors, this might be kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, the second thing is, I'm going to say all of that in a lot fewer words. <laughs> now, I can't guarantee that it's going to be any less time, but it's going to be fewer words. <clears throat> so we are um, in the Empowered series, and um, our hope, we've actually been in this series for just over a year, I think it was uh, January 13th last year was the first Empowered sermon. Um, and really what is, this is about is figuring out how we as individuals, how we as a church can come to a place where God can work through us, where the Holy Spirit can come on us and work through us. Um, and it was a few months ago, sitting in a uh, service, and for a, you know, we'd been in the Powered Series for, I don't know, it's been seven, eight months or something like that. And we'd regularly been having people come up to the mic during worship and give words, whether it was scripture or, uh, I don't know, a, a vision that they had or uh, just words of encouragement or wisdom or whatever it was. Um, you know, and it was Babette and Stephanie and Greg Thatcher. It, there were people coming up and giving words. And there was, there was something about that um, that was actually exciting to me. What I saw was this body, Lake Sam, was speaking out. It wasn't just the paid people standing up here speaking. It wasn't the people that were on ministry teams uh, speaking out. It was the body speaking out. That was exciting to me. But the other thing I thought was, why aren't we hearing from more men? I love that the women were speaking. And I want you to continue to. More women should come up and speak and share what God is speaking to them. But why aren't we hearing from more men? So during that service, um, I started making a list of men. And I actually think I still have that on my, on my phone. Um, of men sitting in this room, or at home watching online today because of the snow. Um, men that I knew who were my friends, who I knew had a relationship with God, and had either, you know, walked in spiritual gifts or spoken out what God was speaking to them before, or I knew could. And then I started composing a letter in my head to them because I'm an internal processor. I wasn't actually writing it. I wasn't speaking it. I was, I was writing a letter to them. And it was an encouraging letter. It wasn't a condemning, why aren't you speaking? It was, hey, guys, is this cool? We could be doing this. What would our church look like if us men were speaking so there was encouragement, there was inspiration, there was, there was conviction in it. And then at some point in this, writing this letter in my head, I thought, crap. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> if I'm going to be urging these men to do this, I need to be urging myself to do this. Those 20 guys have not received that letter. Um, I didn't write the letter. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm willing to uh, to do that. I'm I'm an introvert. I'm an internal processor. Um, for me to communicate out loud what's going on in my head takes insane amounts of energy. 
I hate coffee times here. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say I hate them. I, I don't look forward to them. Right? Because it means that I, I'm going to have to talk to somebody. It's tough. I, don't, I, I can't come up with things right there on the spot. I'm an internal processor. Um, and that's actually why Kurt asked me to speak today. He knows that at least half of you are nonverbal processors. And half of you, those half of you are probably in a similar place as me. You desire to do these things. You desire, I think there's probably a lot of you that would love to come up here and share something that God is speaking to you. There's a lot of you that would love to go to the person sitting in front of you or behind you and say, hey, I felt like God was saying this to me for you. There's, there's an excitement and there's, a, there's an excitement that just the concept of that happens, but you might desire to do that, but you're feeling stuck, like me. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. Concept sounds great, but I don't want to do it. Um, so instead of writing, writing a simple letter, I'm here speaking to you. Um, but here's my vision. Here's what I see. When I, when I think about men in this church stepping up, when I think about even more women speaking out, there's an excitement that happens in my heart. I can picture us as a body, as Lake Sam, uh, speaking what God is speaking to us or communicating what God is communicating to us and there's this building that happens within us. There's an encouragement that happens. There's a, there's a building up as, of us in our spirit and in our hearts and that flows into this body and the body just builds and grows and then as we go out, it just flows out from God's life. His light inside of us flows out. There's an excitement in me when I think about that. So, that, can we have uh, Lance Collins is going to pray for us today. Lord, thank you for bringing us here this morning. I know it was dangerous for some people on the roads, and you just brought us here safely today. Lord, I pray that you will speak through Josh today and Help us all to hear in our own personal way and that you would just affirm what he says in our heart and that it comes from you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I pray that you would just encourage us and help something to be said today that would help us to move more actively in you, Lord. And I pray for our friends at Bell Press. Um, they also had to come out today and just pray that you would uh, be there with them and speak with them as well, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So Luke eight sixteen. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. So, God gives us a light. He, he has a light, and he, he wants it to shine. He puts it on a lampstand so that it shines. He doesn't hide it. He puts it on a lampstand so that it shines. 
the first thing you probably think about if you've been uh, in church at all for, for a while is uh, the Sunday school song, This Little Light of Mine. How many? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I think I actually have a problem with that song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I think here's the issue that I have, is I'm having trouble making this light shine. I'm stuck. How do I make this light shine? Well, maybe it's not my light. Maybe it's not my light that's lit. Maybe it's not my job to make this light shine. Maybe it's God's light. Maybe he's the one that puts it on the stand. Now, of course, I have a role in that. I need to participate with God in this. But what if he's the one that's supposed to be making this shine? It's not my job, my responsibility, even though I have a role in it. Um, Kurt actually suggested that we, uh, we change the, the Sunday school song to uh, This Little Light of God's. I'm going to participate with God to let it shine. <laughs> yeah, it works, right? Too many words? Yeah, too many words. Um, so, next, next verse I want to point to. Um, it's kind of a little chunks from 1 Corinthians 14.1. 14, 14, um, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who prophesies builds up the church. Since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. So I want to talk about prophecy a little bit today. Um, But there is a specific definition of prophecy. I want to kind of broaden that, but because I don't want to use a lot of words, I'm just going to use the word prophecy. And what I intend to mean by that is God communicates something through us, to us as individuals, whether it's words or pictures or senses or feelings or however you hear from God, and then us communicating to others. So that's the general term that I'm going to use prophecy for today. Does that work? Is that okay? But this is my vision. The one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement. I see us speaking to each other, speaking what God is speaking to our hearts for our upbuilding, for our encouragement, for this body's encouragement, for the building up of the church. Do you see see what that's saying? The ones who prophesy build up the church. They build up each other. That's the excitement I feel when I think about us doing this, uh, us walking in this, me walking in this, right? Now, again, not that I've attained this. You don't see me speaking on the microphone during worship times, speaking out a word. Um, Most of you haven't had me come up to you and say, hey, I feel like God's saying this for you. What do you think? I haven't attained this. So I think I, um, I have three excuses that I've come up with. Um, I'm sure I could come up with many more, but I have three excuses as I was thinking about this, that um, these are the reasons why I am not walking in this. These are the reasons why I am not walking in this gift. So number one, oh, how about all three of them? <clears throat> Others are more capable. Right? Who am I? 
those of you that know my wife Justine know that I married a very capable woman. And in the first years of our marriage, I'm a young man, and I see her with wisdom, with desire to know God deeper and deeper and deeper, willingness to step out and speak to people about who God was or who God is to her, um, amazing at making decisions because of the wisdom that she has. And as a young man, I'm thinking, wow, how can, I should just let her lead. I should let her make decisions for our family, spiritually and, uh, I don't know, whatever kind of decisions we're making, because she's better at this than I am. I even had somebody, uh, somebody, um, a friend of mine, who uh, I was talking with him about how, me as a man, how I should be walking, how I should be growing into the man that God's created me to be. And he said to me, well, part of the problem is your wife. She's so strong. And he said, here's actually what needs to happen. She's actually in error. She's in the wrong because she's so strong. And what needs to happen is your wife needs to become weak so that you can become strong. Your wife needs to become weak so that you can step into the things that God has for you. Ah, uh, no. I actually came, I came to just, I think, I don't know if it was later that day, but it was soon afterwards, and I said, babe, I don't need you to become weak, weak for me to succeed. I don't need you to give up the gifts that God has given you for me to become the man that I need to be. I need to step up. I need to become the man that God created me to be. But even still, she's more capable than I am, from what I see. But I'm learning how to step up as a man. Um, but even looking at Kurt, I mean, Kurt, I know hears from God. He hears what God says, and he, he does it. He goes after that. He's more capable than I am. So my second excuse, <clears throat> I don't have the authority. Um, Justine and I, as youth pastors here at Lake Sam, for, um, for nine years, I think it was, um, I found a way to speak into the kids' lives. I found a way to hear God and speak to them and communicate what God was speaking to me. And kids' lives were changed. Youth's lives were changed because of what God was speaking through me. So why am I not walking in that now? Why since we... Why am I not walking in that now? A uh, couple thoughts of it. Um, one is, I think looking back, what I had was a sense of authority because of my position. You as a church, Kurt, had hired me to be the pastor of this church, and I had a position. I had the office of pastor at this church. And I had a sense of authority because of that. I was empowered because of that. And now I don't have that. I don't have an office of pastor at this church right now. So who am I to speak to you? Well, that's not true, right? You guys didn't give me the power. You guys didn't give me the authority as a pastor to, to speak that. It was God that gave me authority. It was God that empowered me. He's the one that anointed me to speak to the youth and grow them. My third excuse, <clears throat> if I'm not perfect, I'll fail or look the fool or hurt someone else. Um, 
whenever there's a wedding um, that has dancing or some other event that has dancing, um, especially if it's some sort of organized dance like swing or line dancing or something like that, uh, my wife never gets the opportunity to dance with me because I'm not perfect at it, because I don't have rhythm, because I'm afraid if I get out there and try, I'm going to look like a fool. I'm not going to be perfect. So my wife misses out because I'm not willing to just go out there and have fun. Part of that is my internal processing, and I, I don't know if uh, all of you nonverbals are like this, um, but when I have a thought or there's a concept in my head, I have to work it out in my head and process it until it's perfect, until it's to the point where I feel like, okay, I'm comfortable speaking this out loud. It's the same with dancing. <laughs> if I'm not perfect, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to look like a fool. Um, yeah, I'm not a verbal processor. And... I don't feel like I can, can communicate quickly or well enough. And so that keeps me back from speaking out a lot. And this, is, this isn't just spiritual life. This is, this is in our family. This is amongst my friends. This is uh, at work meetings. When there's an idea being thrown out and there's, uh, there's creative concepts being talked about, thoughts will come into my head. I'll have an idea, and then I'll have to process it. Wait, is that, is that the way it should look? No, that... That doesn't work quite right. Maybe it should look this way. I start processing everything, and by the time I get it worked out in my head, everybody else has moved several steps down the road. And the timing's off. So I'm not going to share it because I'll look like an idiot because I'm way behind where everybody else is. Right? <clears throat> it's interesting. I was, uh, I was reading about Moses. Um, in God's conversation, Moses' conversation with God at the burning bush. And I started writing down some of the things that Moses was telling God. Like God was saying, hey, go do this. And Moses was saying, but what about this? And as I was writing these things, Moses' responses down, I thought, I, wait, I know these struggles. I know what Moses is saying here. This is exactly what I'd just written down about my struggles or my excuses. So look at this. <clears throat> Exodus 3.11. Um, but Moses said to God, this is after God says, you know, you're going to go out and lead my children out of Egypt. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Egypt? Who am I? I'm a nobody. Who am I? There's more people capable than me. Right? So Moses' excuses. Others are more capable than me. Who am I? Don't use me. Use somebody else. And even Moses, his own insufficiency, his own feelings of insufficiency were a barrier to him. He even had greatness under his belt. He had walked with Pharaoh. Right? How many people walked with Pharaoh? Not many, I don't think. But even after greatness, he still felt like he wasn't capable. <clears throat> then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, 
And they asked me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Who are you, God? Who are you? When they go and ask me who this is, what am I to tell you? What's the authority that's telling me? Whose authority am I walking under? Right? Moses said, I don't have authority. Moses had been in Egypt, had had the authority of Pharaoh over his life, was anointed by Pharaoh to do work, to lead, but now he's going back to Egypt without that authority. And he's afraid. I can't walk into Egypt without this authority because no one's going to believe me. Who are you, God? What authority am I walking into Egypt with? Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. They're not going to believe me. I'm going to look like a fool. Because I don't have the words to speak. And actually, I think that the next one, yep. It says, But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. I am a nonverbal processor, Lord. I don't communicate well out loud. My timing's going to be way off. And Pharaoh's going to laugh at me. He's going to hurt the Israelites because I'm an idiot. I'm not a verbal processor, God. It's the same as me, right? The interesting thing is, after each one of these responses to God that Moses had, God responded to him and said, no, this is how I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to tell you the words to use to speak to the Israelites. I'm with you. I am your authority. Even after all that, though, well, actually, sorry, Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who has made him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. So God was even going to teach Moses, a nonverbal processor, to speak. And Moses says, But Lord, please send someone else. I don't know. I, I relate to that. Um, there's something in my heart that I have those same fears as Moses. But God answers. God's the one that made Moses' mouth. He's the one that made Moses' brain as seemingly a nonverbal processor. God made me a nonverbal processor funny kind of comparison here. Um, If God made nonverbal processors and verbal processors, right? Well, here's what I'm thinking. He wants us to be moving forward. He wants us to be taking the next step and moving on to the next thing. So he creates verbal processors. People that are always going to the next thing, they're talking about it, they're moving forward, they're moving forward, they're moving forward. But he also needs us to sometimes pause. Or come back to a point that maybe we'd passed over too quickly that needed to be 
brought up more or talked about more. So he creates nonverbal processors. And I think as we move forward in this, um, I feel like the thing that God would say to us um, Yeah. I'm going to back up a second. So Luke 8. I'm going to go back to Luke 8 here. So no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be, be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For the... For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. There's something as a nonverbal processor that makes this last line a little bit sobering. Um, I feel like I am not stepping up to my responsibilities as a nonverbal processor in speaking out what God is communicating to me. I think I have something, but I'm not stepping up to my own responsibilities. And what I hear this saying is to the one who, even what he thinks he has, if he doesn't use it, it's going to be taken away. That's sobering to me. God's given me something, but what if I'm not willing to use it? What if I'm not stepping out and speaking what God is speaking in my heart? God says he's going to take it away. I want to be the other one. I want to be the one who has something, uses it, and God can give more to. That's who I want us to be as a church. That's this vision that I have of seeing us communicating to each other about what God is doing in our lives and about what God is speaking to each other, using our gifts to build up the church that life is flowing through us. I think there's one kind of practical step in this that if this is something we're going to move forward in, I think there's two things that we need to consider. One is um, the nonverbal processors in here, the ones that think about things and stew on them and then get to a point that you're ready to say it, but the timing's gone. I think you need to allow yourself the grace to step up and speak it out, even though it may seem like the timing's gone and it would be a good excuse. Ah, they've moved on. I don't need to say it. Please allow yourself the grace or the, the I don't know what it would be, to speak it out. God created you. He created your mouth to speak. He put something in your heart, and he wants you to share it. The other side of it is verbal processors. Kurt was actually saying this, so coming from a verbal processor, he says that verbal processors have a very easy time going back to something. Yeah, let's talk about it again. That works. Verbal processors, I think what, what we would need you from you is the grace to allow us to step back to something that maybe was already covered. 
I just felt like that was a practical step that as we're moving forward in this as a body, as we are becoming more empowered. Anyways. So how do we get there? What's the next step for us? How do we get to the point where this is a body that's being built up, that we're growing, that the verbal types and the nonverbal types are communicating what God is speaking, and we're moving forward? To me, uh, yep, I already talked about that one. And I already talked about that one. To me, the answer is hiking. <laughs> yes, hiking. Putting on your boots, putting on a backpack, getting some water, and going up hiking in the mountains. Um, yeah, hiking is the answer. <clears throat> And here's why. I've gone, Eric, I've, gone Eric, I've gone hiking with Eric a number of times. Not as many times as he would like. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I actually enjoy hiking. I enjoy getting up in the mountains. I mean, you see my face there? Well, maybe not that one. There we go. That one's better. That one's a happy face. I enjoy it. I enjoy being up there. But here's what happens. It's usually on a Sunday. Eric and I will be talking. And he'll say, we should go hiking this week. I'm like, I, the words that come out of my mouth are, yes, let's do it. But instantly, there's this like, visceral reaction in me that's like, no, I don't want to do this. Because I know that over the next couple days, I'm going to have to find my hiking gear that's packed away somewhere in the garage, figure out what the weather's going to be like, figure out what trail we're going to go on, figure out what kind of gear I'm going to need to pack. And then the night before, I'll kind of gather it together. And the next morning, way before the sun is awake, I have to go downstairs, gather my stuff together, fill my water bottles, put on my boots, go out in the car, drive up to some place and get out in the cold and start walking. And there's just something in me that just does not want that. <laughs> but we get up a couple miles, and all of a sudden I'm enjoying it. We're getting out into the mountains. I mean, who wouldn't want to look at that? Right? Well, not the face, the mountains. <laughs> it's amazing. And you get, we get done, we get down to the car, and I'm like, let's do this tomorrow. And just to prove that I actually like it, Eric? Oh, sorry. Uh, video, audio. There we go. So, Eli, this is me. I'm in the woods, and I'm hiking. Not hunking, I'm hiking. Check this out. I'm hiking through the snow and the woods, and I'm with a bunch of guys. It's fun. Someday you're going to have to come with me. Does that sound good? You heard me, right? I said it's fun. Right? I said it's fun. I enjoy it so much that I want to do it again and again. But anytime we go to Planet, usually what happens is the night before I call Eric, I'm going to say, dude, I'm sorry. I'm sick. Or I've got something else going on. Even though I know I have fun. And I know I like doing it. So what do I need to do to get to the point where I not only enjoy all of the hiking experience, but I look forward to it? 
Here's what I think would na- need to happen. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, Eric. <laughs> I would need to schedule a time to go hiking with Eric probably once a week. And what's going to happen? If I start going hiking with Eric once a week, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to realize, okay, I need better shoes. I need a different, different kinds of hiking gear, different size water bottle or uh, different hiking poles. I'm going to figure out what kind of gear I need. And I'm going to go buy it. And it's not going to be hidden in my garage somewhere. I'm going to have a backpack with my stuff ready to go. So that when Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. rolls up, I can walk downstairs, even in my sleep, grab my backpack, put it on, and head out the door. Right? Second thing that's going to happen, if I schedule this and do it regularly, I'm going to build up strength. My muscles are going to build up strength. And I'm going to be able to hike longer. I'm going to be able to enjoy hiking more instead of worrying about whether I'm going to get blisters or uh, collapse from exhaustion or something like that. I'm going to gain more strength, and I'm going to gain more confidence in what I'm doing. I'm going to know what my body is capable of. Mentally, physically, I know what's going to happen. I feel like there's a bit of that in prophecy, too. Doing it once is scary. (laughs) Thinking about it, oh, wait, I feel like God just spoke something to me. Do I have to go say this to somebody? There's a fear that builds on me. There's a no, I'm not going to do this. Or maybe you even don't have a thought from God. Maybe it's just, heck no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put myself there. But Paul says to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts and even more desire prophecy. Why wouldn't we want that? Why wouldn't we go after that? There's a, there's a thing that happens in athletes. Um, and I'm actually throwing Eric into this camp as well. Um, the more that they do something, there's something that happens neurologically, physiologically in their body. The more that they do something, these, uh, the endorphins and the, the neural pathways are created to the point that not only do they enjoy the movement, not only do they enjoy the exercise, but their body actually looks forward to it. Their body wants to do this. What if it's the same for walking in these spiritual gifts, in walking in prophecy, in speaking out what God is speaking to you? What if the more we do it, we get to the point where we not only enjoy doing it, but where we desire to do it, where we desire to see the building up of this church, the building up of this body, and seeing God provide and lead and, and fulfill and prosper and... I'm hoping that maybe in your heart you have a little bit of excitement in you for this. Even if you're a nonverbal type or a nonverbal processor. That there's something in you that the vision of this or the, the, where this could take us is actually a little bit exciting to you. So I thought about, um, I thought about having some sort of call to action or having you guys uh, speak up and give me some thoughts. But I know that the nonverbal processors need some time to think about this. <laughs> 
you guys understand what, do you, do, you, do you kind of get a picture of the, of what I've seen could happen? Does that, does it resonate anywhere in your heart? I think my first step, and I think this would be my question to you, what is your first step to get there? If you're not already walking this, what is your first step to get there? My first step for me is to even think about it. Because Sunday morning, I'm not thinking about you guys. Except today. I was thinking about you today. I'm thinking about getting my kids to Sunday school. I'm thinking about, well, because I work back here a lot, I'm thinking about, is the video up and running? Is it going to sound good today? Are any of the lights burnt out? I'm not thinking about you guys. I'm not actually even really thinking about what God's going to speak through me to me from Kurt. So for me, my first step is I need to figure out a way to actually remember to think about it. Maybe that's a reminder on my phone. I don't know. Maybe Sunday's not the best day to actually think about it for me. Maybe I need to be praying for you guys or asking God to show me if there's something I'm supposed to say during the week. So when Sunday comes around, I don't even have to think about it. I can just do it because I've already had time to process it. So what's your first step? You don't have to answer. But what's your next step? What are, what are you going to do? If this is where we need to go, if we need to go after what Paul's saying, It's so much fun to be part of this church and specifically the values. It's cool to see people coming up as we have moved from paid staff to more and more volunteers, regular people, doing all the things, carrying the weight of ministry, everything from this morning. I'm just thinking about this because your sermon is a perfect lead into all these things. It's basically stepping up into action. You do have the authority. You've been given the authority, purposefully asked to step up as part of this body for the edification of the body, to build the body. And Josh and Justine are such a wonderful example of that with their family. So cool, even this morning as it snows, our first calls to kind of whether or not we can pull off the service once we decide we can are all the volunteers. It's not to normally there'd be contract people, paid staff, these things. It's all volunteers. If it's not coming up and speaking, maybe it's serving in some capacity, all necessary. And one of the things I'd say to you as somebody that's um, uh, kind of sorted out prophecy is that if, if you're young in that and if you're curious, you can always come up and grab any one of us, Justine, Josh, myself, Kurt, and say, hey, I think I have something. You can even tell us what it is and say, would you discern with me this is from the Lord and speak it out. And thank you, Joy, as well, for coming up this morning. I'll see where you are and speaking and for stepping out. Thank you for doing that. So, again, we love you, want to help you in this any way that we can. So if you would, and if the band would come up and join me, please, let's take communion together. Father, in the beginning, you instituted communication with us. Lord, you brought about a way and a system for us to be together. You walked with us. We walked with you. And Lord, through our choice and through our sin, we broke that. 
we broke that communication. It's the primary thing that was taken away. I think was our direct access to you. So Father, as we break this bread, Lord, we remember that we've broken our lives. And Holy Spirit, that we need you. Father, we need you for your restoration. So take that together if you would. thank you that you came as the answer that your body was broken that your blood was shed so that all this could be restored Lord that you gave us direct access to you Father through your Son by the Holy Spirit and we drink in remembrance to that and belief in that new life take that together now if you would thank you that it's not us that speaks. I think about what Josh said about that light. Whose light is that really? Whose words are they really? Or thank you that they're yours. That all we do is hear and respond. Father, I pray for each one of us, wherever we are, that we take that next step in responding and stepping out and seeing the fruit of what you bring in our lives as we move forward.